Before you dive into this exciting episode, I'd like to let you know about the Squash Playbook, your tactical blueprint for success. The playbook is written based on the most common solutions I have given to the people I coach over the last 20 years. It is the ultimate how-to guide for any squash fan, and you can grab a free copy right away by visiting squashplaybook.com or clicking on the link in the show notes. Are you freaked out by that hard-hitting hacker? Frustrated with running out of ideas against the relentless retriever? Want to close out matches more clinically when in the lead? Or do you need some mental tools to overcome bad calls by referees? These answers plus many more have been brought together all in one place for the squash community. The Squash Playbook is a practical toolkit that breaks down over 40 scenarios that are most commonly faced on the court. Each scenario provides the psychology and the strategy needed to get a positive result. Each chapter wraps up with the top six key points to keep things simple and practical. The aim of the book is to transform reactive players into proactive tacticians. I focus on breaking down complex situations into straightforward, effective strategies for those high pressure moments in a match. So why not grab your copy now and step onto the court next time with a clear head and a set of strategies to win those matches you know you're capable of. Please enjoy the show. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, hope everyone is well and hitting some good balls out there in the squash world. So welcome to your next installment of the Squash Mind podcast series. And I'm really delighted to invite and have Todd Corbin as my guest on the show today. Todd has written a book called Mindfulness for Student Athletes, and we connected a few weeks back via social media. And once I started digging in and having a little bit look more at who Todd was, it just jumped out at me. This is exactly the type of conversation I want to have. And, you know, Todd being a mindfulness expert, a mindfulness coach, and being involved with squash plus multiple other sports just seemed like a perfect guest to get on the show. So I think you're going to really like what we talk about today. Uh, We had a limited amount of time to really get it all in. So we definitely didn't cover as much topics as we would have liked. And it pretty much seems like we're going to have a future chat at some point. So we really dive into what his version of mindfulness is and what's amazing about this chat, he gives a lot of practical tools for athletes to work on their mindfulness and to not have it be seen as this fluffy concept where it's just, you know, very touchy-feely and then there's no impact. I ask him the question based around that when I try to practice it in my career, I ended up being too chilled and too zen-like and how I lost a bit of my cutting edge a little bit with it. So we address this little topic and, and he gives an amazing example of it. And he just, he steals the show in the best way possible. I was really glad to just sit here as a student and absorb massively what he was saying. I, I was like a kid in a candy shop and you probably you will hear my excitement towards the end of the podcast about all of the things he talked about in regard to mindfulness and how it overlaps with dwelling and forecasting and talking about outcome over performance and really touching on nerves and anxiety and really going to a bit of a deep dive around some of the practical tools that he uses for the athletes, especially so in squash. So anyone interested to really understand how to keep yourself in the moment, how to keep yourself grounded and present, 
this chat is going to be for you. It takes a whole bunch of wide-ranging conversations as always in the chats and we pull on a few threads and go down a few rabbit holes on some of the interesting things he talks about and I genuinely had about another seven or eight questions I needed to ask him but hopefully this means that we can have a, a chat in the future at some point. So without any more delay, please welcome Todd Corbin. Todd Corbin, welcome to the next episode of the Squash Mind podcast series. How are you keeping? Oh, fantastic. Thank you, Jesse. Good. Great to be here. Excellent. And listen, thanks for your time. And um, we connected, what, maybe a couple of weeks ago? And, and you know, you're going to be on one of the Squash Mind courses, which I'm really looking forward to helping you out with. But again, I said it before we started recording, I feel a little bit honored that, that you're actually coming onto one of my courses. And I said, I want to return the favor at some point. But for those of those listening that don't know who you are, would you mind giving a, a brief introduction of yourself and, and a little bit of your background into why we're here today? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, when people come to me, they usually come to me because, um, well, they, they say, use the, the term mindfulness expert, right? So loosely expert. I've been, although I've been practicing mindfulness and mental skills for more than a quarter century, so quite a, quite a long time. Um, but I, for me, growing up, my, uh, I, I played a number of sports as a student athlete. The, the big golf and baseball, a lot of racket sports, did not play squash until uh, fairly recently, but I did grow up playing tennis. Um, but I never had any of the mental skills. Mm -hmm. For me personally, um, I was, uh, when I was in first grade, I was labeled learning disabled. And back when I went to school, they treated kids that were labeled very differently than they do now. Mm -hmm. So you're put into a very different kind of setting classroom very separate apart from the rest of the school there was no mainstreaming it was like these are different kids um they're not as bright as other kids we need to like fix them kind of mindset sure. so for the first couple of years of, of grade school i had all this intense extra training because in my mindset that was being created i wasn't as bright as other kids it wasn't as smart um, i learned differently and back then, learning differently wasn't even looked at. You yeah. just, you know, not in the mainstream, unfortunately. But so, so fast forward a number of years, I started playing sports, baseball, golf, tennis. Um, things were going pretty well. Um, athletically, I was a very good athlete, um, had a sharp mind for the game, strategy-wise. I, I love to study the the lingo, the game, um, how things worked, um, student of the game, you could say in, in the different games I played. So, but back in my mind, it was always like, well, you're just not as good as other kids. It takes mm -hmm. you forever to study um, all these other things. And because of that, um, when you start to face higher pressure situations, um, things start coming out, you don't realize how uh, much embedded, um, like the stories come out when, you know, I'll start playing a, a, a junior tournament in golf, right? 15 or 16 years old, leading halfway after the tournament. And then you realize you should start looking at the leaderboard. Okay. Like, this is yep. behind the scenes, right? You know this. Yep. Um, wow. I don't, I don't know if you really should be here. 
those right? stories, those stories start mm -hmm. going, going round and round. Eh? Yeah, I, I think you're playing too good for yourself. Boy, these other kids are much better than you. I don't think you can keep this up. Again, deeply embedded in my mind, hmm. not conscious of it, right? But all of a sudden, and all of a sudden, your body locks up, you tense up, start spraying shots all over the, the, the course. Mm -hmm. couldn't figure out so you're leading halfway through and then you wind up you're you know towards the bottom of the leaderboard at the end and it's like what the heck happened right so but it only started showing up as the pressure as i got a little bit older and more intense same in baseball and so had no idea i thought that was like this is just how who i am right you know um and it wasn't until after college after figuring out there's different settings for the mind right and and there are different stories we run and to even look at what are the stories what are the awarenesses and the pieces and then you start tapping into different possibilities different potentials different outcomes and you start to say this is how the mind works mm -hmm. so if you understand how you create in your belief systems and then how that impacts your emotional life and that how impacts your behavior and your actions. And that's how, you know, a loop and this becomes a habit. I had a lot of really finely tuned habits of negative momentum, right? Of being, you know, negative mindsets mm -hmm. had no idea. And, but until you start shedding the light and figuring that, you know, what, so I arrived at mindfulness and mental skills through the pain piece, okay. through the anger piece, through, you know, not being able to perform and having no sense of what was going on. And then you realize it impacts all your other areas of life. It's not just sports, right? Massive. Relationships, it's your career, it's, you know, family. Mm -hmm. um, and then you start plugging and making small, subtle changes reading, studying, and, and understanding Love there's a that. lot more under the hood than you may realize. Oh man, um, you, you're speaking my language there massively. And, and there's one of the lessons in, in my squash mind philosophy, which is called the spillover. And it's exactly mm -hmm. what you said, like how everything we do spills into everything we do. And, you know, compartmentalizing our sporting mind from our relationship mind, from our working mind to our friendship mind. You know what? I, 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 correct me if I'm wrong, but I think if you compartmentalize them and, and, and try to shut one off and then go to the next, you, you may be setting yourself up for some difficult times in the future. Well, again, that just came in, into my head as I was speaking there. What do you think of that whole idea of the spillover effect and into all that we do? That, you know, this is exactly the way things work because it, it's very difficult to live as an athlete one way and then off the court, you're totally another way right? It, it, it's not sustainable. Mm. It takes a tremendous amount of mental energy to do that. And again, it's, it's almost like how much mental energy do you have to give to your sport at one particular time? Um, and, and what are you wasting it on? If your relationships aren't good or your career isn't, and then you're just like, it, again, it depends on your goals and what you're trying to accomplish in your sport, but you need to have the balance. It's, I call it being the real deal, mm -hmm. right? You can't, you can't just assume that, okay, the stuff on the court, I'm going to work and really get good at mental skills and, and the mindfulness for squash or for whatever sport you're playing. 
it, it impacts every area. So it's not just, it, it's like, and this is what I tell people all the time. And a lot, I work with a lot of juniors. It's like all the things that you work with off the court impact on the court and all the things that you do on the court impact off the court. You can't separate the two. You may try. <laughs> there are some mental tricks of the trade, if you will, to try to do that. But again, you are setting yourself up long-term, a lot of pain, <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of frustration. Yeah. And, and listen, reflecting back onto my career, again, I think I said in my introduction piece in Squash Mind, that's the whole reason I've, I, I'm so curious about the mind. That's where I let myself down massively. I was, I was, I was different humans. My, my, my training performance person I was, was different to my day-to-day -day life. And, and as you said, it just drained the energy out of me. So I wish I'd discovered mindfulness and, and, and understanding the mind way, way earlier. My career only started to filter in the last year or so. So yeah, hearing you speak like this and, and actually the way yourself and me on a lesser degree can influence young athletes, I think it can be really powerful. Yeah. And, and a lot of it, what, what's interesting is in all the experiences we've had and that led us up to where we're at now, right? You know, people say, well, you, you know, you were labeled, you were put into this and you had a lot of pain. Would you change it? No, absolutely not. Because that's what drives me to do what I do now. The same with you. You realize how impactful, how important the mental skills are. And they, they do spill over, as you say, into every piece of your life, Right. Um, the psychological is just as important as the tactical and the physical, mm. if not more so, but you need to have all of them in alignment. Mm. And where I find that, you know, and in some of the processes I use, you know, we look at specific ways to how do you align, mm. right? If there's certain areas that are not in alignment, well, we need to get those in tune. And that's, and, and so I work with the the sports coaches right that are the the experts like you and doing squash or baseball or tennis or whatever sport um but then to add these pieces into and integrate because it's an integration of these skills this awareness and a lot of it mindfulness and the beauty of mindfulness it's it's about awareness that's half of it noticing what's going on under the hood, if you will, right? Mm -hmm. Noticing your thoughts, how you're using your body, your breath, your emotional life, your senses, all the environment. So it's noticing all that. And, and then you get a good amount of information, right? And But that's only half because the bigger piece is, okay, with all this awareness, what do I do with it now? That's the insight, right? That's the choice piece. Mm -hmm. And so it's linking the two. It's linking in because a lot of what you and I teach is building this awareness, mm -hmm. right? Um, and how do you notice this? And then what do you do with that is like, then that's the integration. That's the using this on the court, on, in, in the school, at your job, at home. And again, I love your word spillover because you work it in one area and then it, and then it translates and then you start working in the other areas. And some of the, some of the, like the biggest, I say wins for me, we can talk about how 
especially kids and people get so attached to outcome, right? Oh, um, <laughs> always have these conversations. You go down that people. rabbit hole massively, yeah. <laughs> but, oh my goodness, yeah. It's and it, but but win is really the acronym is what's important now, right? Instead of people love to win, outcome is important, right? But if that's where your mental energy is focused, it's not focused on what's important now. And if you can't be here now and play present, then you're wasting your mental energy and you may still win the match or the game, but at what cost? Because your next match or game is probably gonna be impacted quite a bit. You're gonna feel mentally exhausted, probably physically and emotionally drained. Mm -hmm. And to then recover takes more time. So again, the spillover is not only into other areas, but it's like your next match, your next game. There's a lot of spillover there too. If you don't clear things up, you know, and, and I, I talk a lot about like, how do you, you know, we physically warm up, right? You get on the court five minutes before your, your match. So you're warming up with your opponent, you get your body ready. How much time do we spend getting our mind ready? The mental warmups, not a lot. I mean, a lot of, a lot of players in all sports, they just show up, yep. right? They, have, they may have a little bit of a game plan. They kind of know a little bit of what's going on, but mentally, literally, other than maybe looking a little bit at their game plan, they mentally just show up. And if you think you can perform at a high level long-term doing that, <laughs> no chance. You can't. It's just not gonna. It's not gonna happen. Yeah. Well, Todd, listen. There's so many threads I want to pick out what you just said there because it's just such a beautiful way you've put it across. First one I want to jump in with um, that awareness piece. Uh, I'm sure you've come across George Mumford, the mindful athlete. Absolutely. Um, yes. mm -hmm. I don't think it was in the book, but I heard a podcast where he talks about the four A's, and it's it's awareness, acceptance, action, and assessment. So mm -hmm. that awareness, as you said, is the first but you walk through the door, you need that awareness. But I yes. love that he put acceptance right next to that to go, actually, let's accept where we are in this moment. But then as much as we accept, we need to put the action in place and then we, we do the action, whatever that may be. And then the assessment and that loop closes. Have you, have you come across his 4A model yet? Absolutely. Yeah, George is, yeah. I, mean, I mean, the master, you know, if anybody watches this podcast, they've seen The Last Dance. He's like referred to a lot, right? The guru behind Phil Jackson, Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan, um, and so many um, people. But absolutely, the, the word I like to use is allowing. Okay. And, and a lot of it is, is um, and I'll ask those that are listening, can you be right here right now and allow yourself to continue to be right here, right now. And that doesn't mean changing, right? It means to allow. Can you allow yourself to be right here, right now? And you're coming here from wherever, doing whatever. And you might've had a very hard day. You might've had medical issues. You might've had financial struggles. To be right here right now is to notice what that feels like in your body. Mm. And, and, and that's, that's a power piece because if you can feel it instead of suppress it, distract yourself from, from the neuroscience piece, if you allow yourself to feel it, 
the brain relaxes around it. It doesn't magnify it. It doesn't deepen it into the body. It doesn't put it as more stress into the body. For an athlete, that's that's death, right? Mm-hmm. Slow death, you know, a thousand paper cuts or 5,000, right? Um, but so so allowing is such an important piece. George, you know, is, is, is really hit on that, you know, because obviously the action, yeah. right? So self-awareness is huge. You really need to know that piece, but you need to allow whatever's showing up to show up. Love that. And then, and then that's where the insight comes. And then it's like, okay, what do I do now? Mm-hmm. So there's the doing, because that's the action piece, mm-hmm. but it starts with being, mm-hmm. because you then have to be wherever you're at. Totally. And that, that, that's one of the questions I wanted to dig deep with you here yeah. now, that... The, the, that because mindfulness, I'll give you an example of what happened to me at one point. I yeah. explored mindfulness and flow and really relaxing on the court. And what it actually did for a certain degree, it, 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 I lost my cutting edge. I lost my bite. I, I love being in that mode, but I didn't have the actions that were then giving me the killer instinct as well. And I just would like to explore that with you a little bit, because when I try to work with mindfulness with some of the young athletes and some of the young pros, they see it as almost the Zen Buddha state where you're sitting on a mountain and, you know, the peace and love. And so sometimes it's a bit of a hard sell. How would you work with a student athlete to encourage and improve their mindfulness, but not for them not to lose that, that cutting edge, that killer instinct in the right moment? Exactly. Because a a lot of it, what we're talking about is calming down the nervous system. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, And, I don't know of many athletes that don't have nerves that don't experience some kind of activation of nerves. If it gets too much, then that becomes an issue, right? Maybe performance anxiety, all that stuff leading up to that. We don't want them to panic certainly, but kids freeze up, people freeze up. Um, But just to be able to understand absolutely um, what we're talking about is helping the nervous system get more in balance, right? It doesn't mean all of a sudden losing your fighting instinct or you're losing your desire Mm -hmm. to perform at a high level. You're not, you're coming at it from a different place. So, so in order to be able to do that and athletes, I mean, the personalities are all different. You might have athletes that get upset and that are like intense and feed off that. Others that are just like you use the word like Zen and, you know, mm-hmm. you know, there's, there's just so many variations of everything in between that too. Right. But for the young athletes or for any athlete, you know, what we're really talking about is, is, is getting more in alignment, finding your peak potential and tuning in more into that. So how does that look like for you? For some, it may be they look more Zen, Mm -hmm. okay? Some, it may be they look more intense on the court, okay? But there's a level of groundedness that they come from that that's where the mindfulness piece comes in, okay? You're Mm -hmm. aware of what's going on, right? You're noticing all that. You then have the ability to just allow things to be in that moment. But then you're noticing, okay, in that moment, when I check in, where I'm at right now is not gonna get to me where I wanna go. Okay. So it's a split decision. 
And then it's like, okay, what do I do now? So do I have a tool to reset? Because I've already practiced these skills. I'm not just stepping on the court at that level. At least I hope I'm not, mm -hmm. right? I've already practiced these things. Now I can use my reset tools and refocus. Mm -hmm. And then I can get back into playing my game. Whatever that game looks like in my way, I'm not playing you know, the opponent's game and he's, they're running me around and stuff. And that happens, right? Mm -hmm. Again, sometimes it's like we focus on the outcome so much. I want to win so badly, or I don't want to lose so badly, right? It's like that takes us out. But I, I hear exactly what you're saying, because a lot of people come to me and say, but, but if I calm myself down so much, then how am I going to be able to kick myself in the butt hmm. and, and really compete at a high level? And those, those two things here, here's the thing. It, it, it is a mindset. Okay. It's not either, or it's both. Okay. It's a toggle switch. You can be having both. And at the same time, there's, you know, people think it's, it's like, hot and cold it's the duality it's like no there's this non-duality is a concept right you can hold many things in your space at the same time but it's what vantage point it's your perspective that you look at to figure out okay how am i going to use this so calm is huge but when somebody's going through like nerves and stuff when i say calm I mean, I want to get you in touch with the nerves. I want you to feel the nerves and allow them to be there and know that they're okay, number one. And they're telling you, hey, this is important. Hey, my body's activating. Hey, I want to perform well. All good thoughts, good things to focus on, right? And so, but calm is like, okay, how can I use calm in that setting? Well, if I'm getting overactivated, most athletes get overactivated, some need a kick in the butt sometimes too. So goes both ways. But if I'm getting too much, you check in. Oh, then my mind is wandering. Mm -hmm. I'm getting too focused on that distraction or that frustration that I thought that should be a let. And, and they didn't call it a let. Now what am I going to do? It's like they gave him the point. You know, now, now I'm upset about that. And I'm still in that last point and they just served. And what's going to happen now? Yeah, I got to catch up, right? Yeah, totally. And, and that that actually segues me very nicely to that other thread I wanted to pull on, which was, I, I talk about dwelling and forecasting. I'm sure you use the, the same words mm -hmm. or a different variation of yeah. it. And so yeah. much of our life, we live in that dwelling and forecasting mode. And we forget that that little thin slice of time, which is the concept of now. And yes. again, let's, let's maybe just go down that rabbit hole a little bit where you know, how would you work with an athlete that's living on those ends of the spectrum, dwelling on that no let forecasting, my parents are going to think I'm rubbish because I'm going to lose this match. Yeah. And how do you go, right, that's what's happening. And how do you bring them into the now more often? What what's some of the examples? Exactly. You so there's a lot there. Oh, so a lot of the kids, again, they're focusing on all these things. Oh, I got to play my friend. You know, juniors are playing people they know a lot of times and their friends are you know, we get, there's so many possible potential distractions on, and again, got to win, got to do this or that. So how do we do that? Well, we kind of segment things. It gets back to something you said earlier, but in a different way, right? So obviously you can't, you, you wouldn't compartmentalize different areas of your life because they'll spill over, right? But you can do it in this particular way. 
okay? What you're doing is you're, you're setting boundaries and parameters, okay? So something, for instance, like talking about squash here. So you're gonna play a match. When do you flip your commitment switch to like dial in? Maybe 40 minutes before, maybe 30 minutes before. It depends on how intensive a match and what round and all that. But there's something I call being match ready. Okay, so let's look at what that looks like. How do you get match ready? Bigger picture kinds of things. What do I need to do? We're looking at game plan from a bigger picture, right? Okay. When I'm match ready and when I tune that in from that point on, it's squash focus or whatever sport you're playing in. Now, before I'm match ready, I give myself freedom to do whatever I want to do. I can think about all those non-controllables that I'm trying to control. Okay. That want to bring over the, the opponent or, you know, this or that, or, you know, my parents did this, or they told me to do It's like, you can do it there. I love writing things down. So we're on a squash court. Okay. So maybe just make a mental tea, make a physical tea on a piece of paper, dump it all out. Things I can control, things I can't control. Okay. You get it all out on paper again, before that 40 minutes, before you, and you write it all down, you allow, again, you allow yourself the opportunity, the space to feel all those things. I'm going to be rubbish. My parents said to do this. My coach is telling me this. He's like, work your you know, tail off, get better at this. You know, you allow yourself to feel and do that match ready, you start dialing in. Okay. Some of those things might still come into your conscious, you know, we're all human, right? Mm -hmm. So that's okay. We, we, we have certain ways to deal with those things, but you then set up parameters. Then as it gets closer, I have something which I like to have people lock into what's game ready. Game ready is maybe five minutes before you step on the court. Now you're really fine tuning. Okay. This is maybe where you get into setting your intentions, your visualization. Okay, what does it look like? How do I want to show up? How do I want to be? How do I want to feel on the court? When my opponent is doing this, am I going to react or am I going to keep playing my game and respond? After I lose a long rally, where's my mindset going to be? Where's my mindset on the serve? Where's my mindset when I'm receiving? After a game, right? It's more fine-tuning. Mm -hmm. So you, again, allow yourself space. Now I'm really fine tuning and see what you're doing is you're training your mind to focus bit by bit and, and yeah. use the word compartmentalize, right? Love this. Now I'm, now I'm really finely tuned, but there's even one level beyond game ready. Okay. And that's point ready. Okay. Point ready is you're playing in the moment. Okay. Game ready. I'm, I may not be in the moment. I may still be thinking about other things mm -hmm. point by point, but now there's time in between the points. What do I do in between the points to reset and refocus, but you can't reset and refocus if you're not aware, if your mind is not in the present, right? So you've been training these pieces. So now point ready. So then you come off the court after a game, then you can reassess Obviously, you have a coach and they're telling you you did what you did well, what you can do better. Hopefully, they're not on your ass to say, you know, you did all these things horribly. What are you doing? Because the language is important, right? 
our language may be there, but we don't want our coaches to be saying that. So, so then there's the reassessment. So it's, it's like you've compartmentalized, but what you're doing is you're, you're giving yourself space. Like after that match, and I tell the kids that you want to focus on that third round and you're in the first round, yeah. you, you can do it after the first round, mm-hmm. after you're done, but then there's a particular time. And then until you get ready for the second round match, then you lock in match, you go through the same process. So you are training the mind, fine tuning in what you'll accept, right? There's the acceptance piece, but it's used in a different way Mm -hmm. because you're telling yourself and you're conditioning it. This is what I'll accept for myself in this point. Now now I'm playing for business and, and it's, it's like, we talk about, you know, calm and stuff, right? Mm -hmm. I'm not going to be too calm but I'm going to be calm and be able to execute my game plan when I'm in point ready and when I'm in game ready. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. I, so, told you, I think the yeah. way you put that across, I, I've heard different versions of it, but, but what you just said to me there is gold. It's worth the entry fee alone that. That's just absolutely beautiful. <laughs> I've never thought about it in that way, where you actually give the athlete a lot of space to air their frustrations and air their kind of their concerns and going, oh, I've got this marker, I'm playing this opponent. And that's probably where, where I need to learn and hone a bit more. Maybe I'm doing it a little bit too far out and almost then the mental energy is worn out by the time they step on court. Sure, they've yeah. Almost, they've, they've been processing these, right, focus on the controllables and, and work your game plan in your mind. But I actually think, because what you're then asking the athlete to do, and again, correct me if I'm wrong, was thinking off the top of my head here, it's very much you're giving them a task, but it's very much, it's not a big, heavy, long task. You know, like the, the, the amount of time you're giving them to lock in is relatively short. Is, is that part of the theory behind it? That's exactly right. And, and you need, and you have to build in time where your mind is free, yeah. even within a game. Okay. You have to, you cannot sustain and lock in and hold your attention on every point of every match. I mean, I, I, you know, the U S open tennis tournament is going on right now and I'm watching Djokovic, you know, in the semifinals and, you know, he, he lost two, two you know, you know, two sets. Mm -hmm. Right. But, you know, and I'm watching him dial back in, he took time off mentally. You could see he's relentless. Right. Mm -hmm. And this is how, but he, he took time off and you could tell, you know, and then they're able to reset and come back and then dial back in. Mm -hmm. So it is so much about 
knowing, again, knowing yourself, where you can give yourself the space. Again, we're human, yeah. right? We're going to think ridiculous, crazy thoughts as finely tuned as you can be. They're going to come in there. Mm. You're going to feel angry, frustrated at something, right? Djokovic, he throws his racket. LeBron James, you know, at a, in, a, in a finals, broke his hand punching a whiteboard after losing, right? These are, these people practice mindfulness, years of mental training. They still go off and do things, right? So you give yourself the opportunities to just release that energy. If you don't do that, you, your brain almost, it, it, it only has so much potential to focus, hmm. right? There's a limited and resource so you, there, isn't it? They, that, that resource can be drained with that, that full yeah. off. You're just battering and just going, I'm focused, I'm focused, I'm in the moment, I'm focused. But yeah, I love the way you talk about that that space with it. And just really quickly, there, there's a great yeah. analogy I use in cricket. I'm not sure if you yeah. test match cricket five days. And there's a South African cricketer called Jacques Callis. And what he ended up doing, he actually batted for a day and a half and saved the test match. And when he was yeah. interviewed afterwards, the interviewers were like, Jock, like, how did you focus for so long? That was like a day and a half and you didn't even like snick one ball and you stayed in, you held your wicket amazing, like one of the best batting performances ever. And he said, no, only, only focused for five seconds. And they were like, what are you talking about? You were there for a day and a half. He says, no, no, the only time I tuned in is when the bowler turned around and started their run up and then I was laser focused. I played my shots and as soon as I finished playing my shots, I clocked yeah. off. I looked at the crowd, I hummed a song that I thought of earlier in the day and I let yeah. my mind wander and then I came back again for five seconds. And I just love that zoomed out, zoomed in, zoomed out, zoomed it's, in approach. I think brilliant. it's a great analogy. That, that is a brilliant. There's a, there's a runner, an ultra distance runner name is uh, Courtney Dalter. Um, and she runs these, you think like marathons, we're talking 200 mile oh. you know, races or more. Wow. You know, we're talking days of running. And they're, they're off, you know, they're on trails. So it's up and down and, you know, out the elements and everything. And it, it's the same thing when she says, you know, when do you, you know, fine tune, you know, when are you like most focused mm -hmm. when I need to be brilliant. That's it. Yeah. That sums it up. And so it's saving the energy, you know, it's like, okay, maybe that's the end. If you're, if you're good and you understand yourself, again, the, the awareness piece, right? Mm -hmm. You'll know when you can really push yourself. I may need to push myself like really in this game, like really point, point, point. I really need to get it. And you, and you can get after it um, and understand that, okay, then again, maybe you can play these mental tricks with yourself, talk yourself into, and there's some science here getting in the flow, getting in the zone, using mindfulness, your perception of your effort can seem less. You can use it with self-talk. You can use it getting into the moment. Now, if your perception of effort seems less, you can then give more, right? You can give more with the same mental energy. So you can always push yourself more unless you're passed out. I always say that, right? But you have to build in these reset moments. And, and you know, the cricket example, you get, it's, it's beautiful. Mm -hmm. I only focus five seconds at a time. But yeah. you have to know yourself well. Yeah. And you have to know where you need them to dial back in.
because cool. maybe you need to tune in for like three minutes, mm-hmm. right? At a time, like really lock in. You know, the, you, you might know the, the runner, um, Alex Hanold. He, he yes, climbed, yes. Uh, you yeah, know, El Capitan um, and yeah. free solo, right? Yeah, the free solo, that film is ridiculous. It's the most nerve, it's the worst horror film I've ever seen. Right? It's like, <laughs> I've never felt more like tense than any horror I've ever seen. It's brilliant though, isn't That's, it? That's, you know, you want to talk about being present. And if you're not present, what happens, mm-hmm. right? But even there, if you watch him, he has places where he relaxes in that maybe it's a thousand feet up on the precipice of, you know, with no rope, but he knows where he can then just like relax a little bit and then dial back in. Mm. But he knows him. So he's like the self-awareness is off the charts. Right. Mm-hmm. And this Courtney Dalter, when she runs, cause I, I heard an interview that she gave, she, people ask her, well, how do you train? You know, do you have all these high techy devices, you know, the watches and the garments and the, this and that she's like, no, I just know my body really, really well. Amazing. That's the difference. That's pure mindful awareness. Mm. You have that self-awareness. It could be any tech device that you could possibly wear, you know, um, to tell you how you're feeling, right? Mm. Okay, well, that's that that that's brilliant. Like, I'm really keen to. I'm 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 very much a tool guy. Like, right? Can we yeah. give people tools? So yeah. let's maybe talk about some of the practical tools that sure. help mindfulness. There's there's a lot that I talk about, but listen, you're you're the expert on this. And again, if, if try if you can, but I'm going to slightly push you towards the the squash version of that. Obviously, with that slightly intense play two gladiators on a court sharing the same space, lots of things going on. So yeah, can, can you talk on the practical tools for building mindfulness and getting to know yourself slightly better? Yeah, absolutely. So, so part of it is having what I call, and you probably have language that you use too, like anchors, right? How can you amidst this game that is intense, that is very hyper- competitive, fast pace, how could you build in these times where you can reset, refocus, stay grounded mm-hmm. amidst the crazy rally or two or three or four in a row, right? Um, and, and so there's, there's a lot there. So I, there's an acronym that I love. It's, it's the number two and the letters B set. So okay. the number two B and set S-E-T. So in order to, you know, you're, you're ready, you're getting ready to receive the serve, right? You want to be ready. You want to be set. Any sport has a time when you're not active in the sport, but you're ready. Face off, whatever it is in every, any sport, right? So these are ways to get your mind ready and set for the game. Okay. Now you've trained, you've got all the physical tools. That's all right? So we're talking about the mental piece and how to dial in your physical piece so you can keep at it, Mm -hmm. right? The two Bs, breath and body, right? Everybody talks about in various ways, how do you use your breath? How do you bring your body? Okay. So very practically, grab my squash racket here. Um, So you, some reset tools, some pretty, um, um, common ones people use and 
you know, we were talking, you mentioned George Mumford earlier and Kobe Bryant and people know they follow basketball. They've seen what people, all the crazy shoes that people wear, mm -hmm. amazing colors and things. People write on the shoes. Kobe used to write LeBron. People write on their shoes. You know, people can write words on their racket, right? Various things. So that's a visual to reset. Again, you got to train these, you got to practice them, right? So the, the, the breath and the body we'll get into with that. The S piece is senses. So how do I use my senses to ground myself in the moment so I can play right here, right now? Again, what, how many seconds do you have in between points? Five, six, seven, not a lot. Mm -hmm. Sometimes a little bit longer, but it's quick. So you need something quick you can do. Um, senses for the body. Um, and so you grab your racket. I, hold, I, I heard um, Paul Asciante, who coaches at Trinity College, iconic college coach here in the US. Um, he said he can always tell a player um, when he sees his players how much stress they have based on how they're holding their racket. Nice. He's like, I want you to hold it as if you were holding a bird, you know, not too much to crush it, but enough to hold it so it's not going to fly away, right? So, but there's also a piece in here. There's something called progressive muscle relaxation. So when we get tense, when we feel stressed, our body tenses up, right? We get frustrated, anger. There's, there's a certain piece there, but we can elicit that response of the relaxation by tuning into the stress and tension immediately. Right. So it's like, so we can then squeeze the racket. Okay. Double as hard as you normally squeeze it and breathe and relax it in between points. Like really pissed off. I didn't get that last shot. Right. I should, I sh whatever shoulds or shouldn'ts or whatever, squeeze it, release it. That's a reset tool. Visuals. Now the eyes are amazing. The eyes, a lot of people don't realize are like the breath. Mm -hmm. You can use your eyes to calm. You want to laser in focus that is activating. You want to wake yourself up. You fine tune, you pick out maybe a letter on the court, a letter on your racket, something on your shoe, the T, something you can see at a glance. You need to calm down a little bit with the eyes. You take in a little bit more. Use your peripheral vision, okay? There's a fine tuning back and forth. So you can use those things. Senses are amazing. So we have breath. Again, we could spend a ton of time. I know we don't have a lot of time. Um, the body, again, physically, I can feel my feet. Can you feel your left foot, your right foot, your left shoulder? Again, what you're trying to do is get out of your head, getting back into being point ready. Love it. So the E is emotion on the to be set model. Okay. So when we're feeling something that creates a certain level of how we're going to play based on how we're feeling, right. Then are going to be able to respond in a certain way. Now you can generate feeling ahead of time and anchor that in. So a lot of people run highlight reels of successful matches they played, particular feelings. I'll ask everybody on the podcast, can you literally think of something that makes you smile in a good way? Can you think of it? 
how would you play if you play from a smile as opposed to a frown? Okay, think about that. Uh, to smile is just very calming, very grounding. It it's, gives you power. It's like a jolt of energy, like plugging your phone in, you know, your battery back into the wall outlet. Whew. Yep. relax now. I see it. You know, I was on 3%. I'm running out of juice. It's like, whoosh, smile. I have, I teach people, you know, can you smile while you serve even internally, right? Little ways to reset emotions are important. So you can dial in gratitude is powerful. You know, again, training these pieces, you can build optimism by training emotion. The, the T is thoughts, Okay, and I save it for last. It follows a to be set because mm -hmm. you get in thoughts. There's so much you can do. The people say that you there's about sixty thousand thoughts a day. I don't know how many. There's a lot of thoughts, right? The awareness is important. Are we paying attention to what we're thinking? Not just what, but how we're thinking. Okay, that is a deep level, right? That's mindfulness aware of 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 thought. Mm. And we can use trigger words, right? We can use positive self-talk. A lot of psychologists talk about positive self-talk, right? But they also, something they don't miss is how did certain words elicit certain feeling, right? Mm -hmm. And what I use, and you could also do this, is you can imagine you're balancing two or three different words on your squash racket at the same time to generate a particular feeling, okay? So words I like to use is, okay, we always need a word to help us relax, right? Calm down, whatever word that is. So it, it could be, I don't know, release, it could be free, whatever word that is, it means something different to everybody, okay? We need a word to like really lock in, dial in, activate, right? What is that word for you when you need, you know, mm -hmm. okay? This is the opposite of relax, right? So you need to dial in. You need to have it like, let's go. Like Rafi Nadal, like, you know, vamoose, let's go, right? Whatever it is for you. And then the other word is, is sort of a wild card, but three is very powerful. So do I need something to build confidence in myself? A lot of people do. I need like, okay, do I need something to make me a word I like that I learned from, um, uh, another mental skills coach, Laura Wild, she said, can you be indistractable, okay. indistractable, okay. incapable of being distracted? Like so that. what is that word for you where it's almost like, and, and when I work with kids in particular, I'm like, think of like if they like the Marvel characters, mm -hmm. right? You put your Spider-Man suit on or your, you know, whatever suit, when you have that suit on, you're indistractable. So there's a word that elicits a certain feeling these are buttons you can push and then you can play with them and you use them and you amplify them. And, and so you have all these tools Amazing. ahead of time that you've worked with mm -hmm. in a real sense. So you have five, seven seconds between points. You check in, you notice, okay, you know, that was a long rally I lost. I need to dial back in. What's my word? You could have two or three words for that right? Maybe it's good. The mind likes novelty and new things. Have two words for each of these. 
again, you're playing with these, you're using them in practice, using them ahead of time. So it's not like I'm just like going on the court. Okay, what word could I use now to relax myself? Yeah, you've you already need, lost you the need, point. You need clarity, don't you? You need that yeah. thing I work with in Squash Mind. There's there's a game planning script. And actually the last thing is what is my mantra? And it's yeah. very like very clear. Like these are the words or the statements I need because you just don't want to go in like a, you know, like a, someone in a room with a blindfold on with all the lights off where you're just kind of feeling yourself around that. That bit of clarity, I think is really important for people to walk. Exactly. Through. And then there's, then there's a whole process after. I know we don't have time and you may have to have me come back. There's a whole process of decompressing. Mm -hmm. you know of after the match what do we do after the game what do we do in those 90 seconds right and and so that is the recovery piece as an athlete you know the physical recovery is huge you know sleep is huge how do you recover your muscles how do you hydrate right the nutrition all huge pieces but the mental fatigue is a huge huge piece right and if you don't deal with that at the end of a match then the next time you come into a match, you're going to only be at like your battery on your phone. Mm. Now it's only, it can go to 98%. Can't go to hundred percent anymore. Hmm. Now it can only go to 95, right? So you're dialing in, you're doing all you're doing. And all of a sudden it's like, but I, you know, what's going on here. So there's a clear process of to decompress. And again, it's like, the bookends that we talk about, you know, I can give myself the space, all these things that I can't control. I can, I can go back into that. Now here's my list. I can look at that list that I drew up again because I give myself permission to look at it again and get excited and like, oh, and it'd be cool if I get to that third round, I can play this person, right? The mind likes that. You can feed that. That's okay. That's mm -hmm. okay. Um, but understand there's a particular point in time where you need to dial back in. So again, there's, there's so much we could talk about, right? But oh, here's yes. some mindful practices. So remember to be set, mm -hmm. breath, body, senses, emotions, thoughts. You could use them all. The more you tune into multiple anchors at once, the more grounded you are. And again, it takes practice. It's meant, it's like physical training, a squash training. You don't just, you know, do a backhand once or volley drop one time. Every day you practice, you go back, you know, it's like, okay, wh where's the sexy stuff? No, you gotta practice the fundamentals, Yeah, right? That's where it comes down to, it's consistency of that. Love it, yeah. And, and when you do that, it's like, then it becomes, it's like, you're so much more free because now you have all these tools and you really do become indistractable. You really do, because now it's like, <laughs> you know, there's this player, he's jumping, he's screaming, they're doing all this. And it's like, whatever, I'm, I'm here. If I get this, I understand what's going on. I have all these other tools. You may not win the match. They may win the match, right? It doesn't guarantee mindfulness. All these are great tools. It doesn't guarantee success in the outcome, but it puts you in a much better place where you can get more out of yourself so that if you can, if there's a such thing as playing at your best possible self, you will be there. And again, best possible self doesn't mean you'll win every match or game, but you'll have given everything you got and, and the mental state that you come into after that is like, did all I could, that was it. Love it. You know, so more power to the opponent that beat me because they beat me. 
I didn't beat myself, right? So amazing. Well, I I know for me, this is going to be one of the podcasts I'm going to be going back on many times and scribbling (laughs) loads of notes. And anyone who listened to that last 10 minutes, 15 minutes, I I was just like a kid in a candy shop there. So thank (laughs) you for sharing some of those keywords. And listen, you said, I I want to ask you about your book. I want to talk about um, mental toughness, how it links to mindfulness. Um, You know, there's so many avenues we could go down. I want to respect the time. And listen, you've been an absolute treat for me today. And and again, I've just been beautiful for my part. But um, listen, I'm going to be back in that book because it sounds exactly great for me. Mindfulness for student athletes. Uh, I'm going to get that book ordered. I'm going to probably use a hell of a lot of it as well. Um, and listen, if there's an opportunity to jump on again at some point, I would love to pick your brain and take take a few avenues sure. that you want to look at at some point. But Todd, you've been an absolute gent. Thank you so much for your time today. My pleasure, Jesse. Thank you. Glad to be here. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll go at it again sometime soon. Great. Thanks, Todd. You're welcome. Bye. Presence. Process. Persistence. The essence of Squash Mind.